Netflix says ads will drive subscriber and revenue growth, but multiple ad tiers and account sharing options make a subscriber's life a lot more complex and potentially more expensive. Listen on to find out why. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon there at the very beginning. Uh, hi, Colin. How is everything? It's great, Will. And Lee, you look like you're a bit warm today. It seems like it's hot in Boston. We're in the middle of a heat wave here in Boston. I don't know if it quite rivals what was happening in London earlier this week, but uh, in the UK earlier this week. But we're, we're going to see temps in I think about a hundred for uh, to the next three days. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to my relatives in London, and they were pretty miserable. It went over a hundred degrees for the first time, I think, yeah. in in England since records have been kept. Yeah. So, pretty Crazy. miserable. But uh, but our industry hasn't been miserable this week. We've had lots going on, and we're going to highlight a couple of our top stories this week. What caught your eye? Well, what caught my eye was a new report from Comcast Advertising about the um, burgeoning market for fast, free advertising-supported services. And Comcast Advertising uh, released a report just highlighting a few of the trends that I think are going on right now and also sharing some research from Zumo, uh, that's X-U-M-O, which is their fast service. Um, They said that the average Zumo user is now spending approximately 140, uh, sorry, 104 minutes within the service once they have entered. So that's right almost about an hour and three quarters. So clearly those Zumo users are finding content there that is engaging for them. And also that 70% of Zumo users are cord cutters, which I suppose does not come as any great surprise. They um, certainly skew to the younger side. And that is obviously going to correlate with cord cutters. So uh, those were two of the data points. They also uh, reiterated, I think, a data point that we've seen before, that six out of 10 households who have a connected TV are using fast services, either exclusively or in addition to other services. And Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon were the top three SVOD services, no surprise. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that report too, Will, and a couple of other interesting points that sort of piqued my interest. And I, I think I've seen this data somewhere before as well. They said that 75% of people don't mind watching with ads, which I thought uh, that, that roughly aligns, I think, with what I've seen in other sources. Uh, 69% of consumers already use, would use, or would consider replacing a paid streaming service with an ad-supported streaming service. So I guess that's probably good news if you're Netflix, right? Because they're just about to introduce, or um, hopefully introduce very soon, an ad-supported tier. So there, uh, that was the couple of pieces that caught my eye from that data. Which we will talk about shortly here, the Netflix ad-supported service, as well as the new ideas for password sharing, revenue generation. Um, but before we get into that, what caught your eye this week, Tom? Huh? Well, there was this interesting uh, report from TechCrunch that ESPN Plus, the good folks at Disney, want more money for ESPN Plus. Uh, It has been $6.99 for a while. I think the last price increase they had 
was from $5.99 to $6.99 all the way back in uh, 2021 in Q3. Well, they want a lot more. There is going to be a 43% increase. They're increasing the price $3 to $9.99 a month starting next month. Uh, so that is a really, really steep increase, Will. They say... They, they justify it by saying the change reflects the significantly increased scope, scale and value of ESPN Plus as we continue to add significantly to both live sports and original programs and series. And it is part of an established plan to ensure ESPN Plus is as profitable and strong long term business. So that's their justification for incre increasing it. But the good news is if you want to avoid that price increase, you can. But to do it, you are going to have to sign up for the Disney bundle, which is not increasing the price. So in effect, you will get ESPN Plus at a big discount if you are using two, any two of ESPN Plus, Disney Plus or Hulu. The Disney bundle is a great deal, which is $13.99 a month. You should get it. Sounds that way. If the bundle costs 14 and the price of ESPN Plus alone is going to 10, it sounds like almost a no-brainer if you're an ESPN Plus fan to just go ahead and spend the extra four and get everything that's available on Hulu and Disney Plus. Yeah, I think it is a no-brainer, Will. So much of a no-brainer that I think ESPN Plus is actually going to end up making less money out of this than more. I mean, even though they're increasing the price... Uh, I think a lot of people that are currently subscribing to ESPN Plus on its own will jump over to the Disney bundle. So the uh, the net revenue that ESPN Plus could go down. And uh, as well, I think people will be pretty shocked at the price increase and people will leave. So they could end up actually losing direct subscribers in two ways. One, cancelling and two, people migrating into the bundle. Either way, they lose money. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this is really going to help uh, ESPN Plus pay for more sports, uh, at least not, not for now. Well, we'll see. I think the bet is that people will stick around longer if they're part of the bundle. That's the kind of tried and true strategy. Bundling strategy is um, when there's more content for more people, the value proposition increases and people stick around longer. Uh, obviously, re remains to be seen whether it plays out that way. Yeah, yep. I guess we'll have to wait and see. And of course, uh, Disney will announce Q3 results. Their Q3, which is calendar Q2 next August, uh, next in, in the next month. So I guess we'll get an update on how all those services are doing then. But uh, maybe we should get on to our main topic. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about... Uh, not so much Netflix earnings this week, but we want to talk about the two developments going on at Netflix that seem to uh, be generating the most attention, which uh, coming out of the earnings, which is, of course, the ad supported plans, which remain somewhat incomplete, but we got a little more information about. And also the updated uh, news about the password sharing ideas. So I think you're going to lead us off on that. Yeah, I mean, I'll just give us a thumbnail just in case you haven't you haven't heard the results. Um, thumbnail is that Netflix did a little better through subscriber acquisition than it was forecasting. It forecast it would lose two million subscribers overall. 
and it actually ended up only losing just under a million. So that was a little better, although, as Reed Hastings said, he said, uh, our excitement is tempered by the less bad results. And I think that's, <laughs> that's a pretty good description. Pretty bad in, in the US and Canada. It lost uh, 1.3 million there. In Europe, it lost 0.8 million. Latin America was flat and Asia Pacific actually grew 1.1 million. So that's the sort of net net of the results. They continue to actually increase the amount of revenue that they're earning. So price increases have sort of outpaced the loss of subscribers to to allow them to continue to grow. Uh, revenue at least so uh, next quarter they are actually anticipating gaining gaining a million subscribers so we'll have to wait and see if that happens Um, so those are the the top line on the results but the really interesting thing as you say will was what they said about two things which is the ad supported tier that they're planning on implementing and the account sharing monetization approaches that they're talking about so why don't, we, why don't we start with the ads, which I thought were pretty interesting. Um, the first thing is, I think everybody was is sort of wondering here how they're going to do this. And Greg Peters, who's Netflix chief product officer on the earnings call, he sort of gave us a little bit of clarification. That, and and he, what he seemed to be saying, he didn't crisply say it, but he seemed to be saying that there will be ad-supported versions of each of the three tiers that Netflix has. Of course, they have their basic plan, their standard plan, and their premium top-tier plan, which gives you Ultra HD and more concurrent streams, etc. So what he actually said was, so there will be a little bit more complexity there with ads, no ads, uh, will be one of those dimensions. So yeah, th- there's going to be a little bit more complexity there. And I don't quite know how that will work, how you'll figure out which one you want to be, which one you want to use. Um, it, I mean, it, it, it does sound like it could be quite complex, but it, um, but it also sounds like they may inch into it. So we may get maybe just a basic tier gets ads first and then they'll introduce it in the standard. I don't know. Uh, I don't know which way they will go, but uh, they definitely seem to be approaching this, that they will have multiple tiers of ad supported service. And the other thing that I thought has been pretty widely reported in the press is that Netflix is renegotiating some of their contracts with content providers that they've licensed content from to ensure that they can actually show ads against that content because I guess it wasn't uh, covered in the initial license and uh, Ted Sarandos he really uh, he's the co-CEO and chief content officer for Netflix he really put a put a cap on that to sort of say this is no problem he said the the vast majority of what people watch on Netflix we can include in the ad supported tier today so he was basically saying look yes we are renegotiating some content and we'll get renegotiated contracts for some of that content which will be available in the ad tier but the rest we won't get it all and uh, it won't be a quote material hold back to the business so he thinks that they have enough content certainly on most of the originals that they can place ads against. So 
uh, that that sort of put the, a cap on the worries I think in the market will that they won't have enough content there. So uh, so what yeah. what what does that mean to you? Would you consider switching to one of the ad tiers and would it worry you that you couldn't get 100% of the content? Well, I don't know if worry is the right word, but I but I do kind of picking back up on what you're saying about complexity. I think that it is um, it is going to be more complicated for people first to decide whether they want an ad supported service. Uh, but then if not all the content that they were accustomed to watching with the ad free service, if not all that content shows up in the ad supported service, then it seems like there could be, you know, real confusion. I mean, one of the, I think the things that we all agree that's been great about Netflix up until now is that it's been a pretty simple value proposition, right? I mean, just as you just described, there's basically three tiers of service. We're speaking here in the U.S. at least. Um, three tiers of service, and they have a pretty clear delineation of what you get at each price point. Um, now the question becomes, you know, what's the discount for receiving ads? What does the ad model even look like? Uh, I was thinking about Hulu, you know, ad-free is $13 a month. Um, Ad-supported is $7 a month. So would Netflix go with that same type of, you know, proportionate price uh, drop if you're willing to watch the ads right um but it does but it does create some new you know some new decision points for subscribers and also i think some new messaging challenges for netflix to be able to uh, message these different uh, value propositions but you know i think overall it's still the right move for them and you know certainly looking at these past two quarters results on the subscriber side um, I think it's, and of course, what we're seeing in the surging interest in ad-supported content, and we were obviously just talking about fast services earlier, you know, I think it's definitely the right move for Netflix to make, um, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big transition. And layered into that transition is, I don't want to hop ahead, but is this whole question about the account share. Yeah, we'll get to that in a moment because that's definitely a big issue. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think figuring out whether you want ads, not ads, and which tier, it's certainly going to get more complicated. But um, there was another thing that they actually gave some pretty clear information on, which I which I was pleased to see. There was um, also, the, they announced that their exclusive ad tech partner for their ad, te- their ad tier would be Microsoft, of course. I think they, they announced that uh, last week. Yep. And there was a lot of speculation in the press about what that meant. And I think uh, even our friend Laura Martin was speculating that Netflix was positioning to be purchased by Microsoft, which I thought was a little bit of a stretch. I can't see that happening uh, anytime soon, at least. Um, but there was actually some clarification on why they wanted to choose Microsoft. And uh, this actually came from Greg, Greg Peters, who, as I say, is the chief product officer. And what he said was, we saw a high degree of strategic alignment in their interests, interest in innovating in this space and really, and really working with us over the next several years to basically try and create a new ad ecosystem around premium TV ads. And I, I really, I think this is a really smart move. Microsoft is a relative, uh, relatively new, newcomer to the ads business. They bought Xander, of course, um, I think uh, earlier this year, was it late last year? 
And I think there is an opportunity here for Netflix to create an ad ecosystem like no other in the business. Now, we know that ads have been plagued with repeats and with poor quality. And, you know, there there were a lot of problems in the ad business. And I think that Microsoft and Microsoft could be a good partner for Netflix to innovate, to solve that in the Netflix ecosystem. So Netflix can sort of come into this game really strictly controlling the experience. And and the other thing that they, they really talked about this, they really talked about innovating the experience to optimize the experience and to optimize the results for the brands that decide to work with them. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity for them to, with with Microsoft, to innovate, you know, the, the types of ads that they place so they can do, they can focus on non-disruptive ads like pause ads and these L-shaped ads that shrink the screen a little bit and use the L-shape to provide ads there. Um, so I think there's lots of opportunities there for innovation uh, so I'm really this is this I think is um, an exciting move uh, for them. So what did you think? I mean, this is you know Microsoft is a an outsider in the ad market, really. Uh, so what did you think when you heard about this? Yeah, I mean, just picking up on your point, I, I think the idea that they've made Microsoft their exclusive partner in ad sales is important to the user experience. It means that they'll be able to have full visibility into all the ads that are running. Um, They'll be able to control for things like frequency and, you know, competitive separation, things like that. So it's, I think it's a smart move to have done something exclusive. As you say, Microsoft is, you know, not necessarily the first name that comes to mind when you think about um, some of the CTV stuff, but they did acquire Xander. That was a, a, you know, key acquisition for them recently. And no question, Netflix did a lot of due diligence. They had lots of different uh, potential partners to choose from among and um, landed on Microsoft. So I think that's a big vote of confidence in Microsoft's capabilities. Yeah, I, I think it is too. And there was one final thing on the on the ads, Will, that I, I really like, the, I, I really agree with uh, what actually, what once again, um, uh, Greg Peters said about this. He said, we think this is an expanse is expansive from a non-member reach perspective, but also neutral to positive in the unit economics of monetization. So it's a very complicated sentence, which are, what he's basically saying is, we think we're going to grow subscribers with this these lower priced tiers. And we think that those people that decide to switch to an ad tier, we're going to get as much, if not more money out of them when they do it. And I really agree with this. That's, you know, when I look at the Hulu's performance with ads and they they seem to, I think it was very neutral when they lowered the price of their entry level tier. I didn't see ARPU drop a lot at all at, at Hulu. It stayed right in the same ballpark. So I think they're earning as much, if not more. I've heard folks from Paramount Plus say the same thing that, that you know, the ad, the people that are watching with ads are actually generating more revenue than the people that watch without ads. So I really agree with that. I think that that's that's a that's going to happen for sure when when they introduce this tier. Yeah, of course. You know, the key on ads is it becomes more of a consumption-based uh, profitability experience for Netflix because 
people have to watch in order to be served ads. Whereas with a subscription, if you don't watch much this month or the following month, you still pay the exact same amount. So it's not consumption-based. Um, but, you know, again, it's a vote, I think, in, for Netflix in favor of um, the idea that their content is strong and that people are going to watch. And also that people are looking for lower cost options, which, of course, we know that from you know, virtually all the other SVOD services in the market offering an ad-supported tier. Uh, yeah, and that's something that they really talked about a lot in the in the earnings call. Will Reed Hastings? I've never heard them quote Nielsen data, but they sure did in this uh, in this earnings call. Reed Hastings talked about how uh, in in the upcoming ga- the gauge which Nielsen puts out every month, you're gonna. He said you're gonna see Netflix's share of total minutes, total TV minutes, increase from six point six percent to seven point seven percent, which is this is this is total minutes, Will. This is <laughs> delivered to the TV. This is a huge shift. He also pointed out that Netflix, again, using Nielsen data, he said that Netflix is driving uh, in June drove 1,334 billions of minutes viewed versus the closest rival was CBS at 753. So that's almost half. Uh, so they really did talk a lot about the fact that Netflix is driving a lot of viewing. So if that translates into the ad supported, they should be in great shape. Fair enough. We, uh, we are down to our last couple of minutes, Colin. I don't know if we want to spend any time talking about the account sharing options or if we should hold that conversation for another podcast. Well, I think we should. I think we should at least just mention what they did say there, Will, which I think is pretty significant. Um, they they have been trialing one method, which is they call it at a member, and basically they've been they've been trialing this in three Latin American countries for about three bucks a month. You can add one or two new members to your account who are not living in your home. Um, so that was one model that they've been testing. They started testing a new model, which is that they that you can add one or more additional homes to an, an existing account. Um, and they're trialing that, I think, in five or six South American countries. Again, it's $3 a month extra to add an additional home or two. And um, I, I think that that's uh, really interesting that they're trying both of those. I actually ran, ran some numbers and convinced myself that they'd actually end up earning about the same amount of money from both methods. But I really think that there's, um, there's, there's a lot of risk in doing this. Well, introducing this could be very confusing for, confu- for consumers, how they tell them and how long they give them to figure this out, to figure out what to do. And, and this is a huge number. They say that they, uh, they think there's a hundred million households that are actually using Netflix from a from a home that is not the subscriber's home. That's a hundred million. And remember, the total number of people that use Netflix is what two hundred and twenty million. So this is a third more people, a third more homes that are using Netflix than are actually paying for it. So this really is going to impact impact I think as many of a half of existing subscribers so how they message this and how they do this 
is going to be really key to the success of, of introducing this. But more importantly, it's really key to keeping members happy. They could make a lot of people really, really unhappy with this service. Absolutely. A hallmark of Netflix over all these years has always been being able to share your password, certainly within your family, but sometimes even outside of your family. So this is a big transition coming for, as you say, lots and lots of people. It is, and it is in direct contradiction to the way that they've been positioning it with people. I think a a couple of years ago in the podcast, I mentioned that I actually called Netflix to ask Netflix what to do about my mother-in-law who's um, in Puerto Rico and how I should cover her. And the representative just told me to share my password with her. That was his instruction. Now, what I did was I actually bumped up to the top tier because I, you know, I felt like I should be paying a little bit extra for that. And so I actually did that. Uh, But, you know, what do I do now? Because (laughs) now I've got to pay for her and I have to pay for my kids as well. So they're they're really going to force a lot of people to have to make a big decision about what they uh, what they do here and we're not talking about chicken feed we're talking about three to six dollar increases in the subscription fees that people are paying and they're already paying as as much for netflix as they are for just about any other service that they're using svod streaming service that is that they're using so this is a big decision point and how they message it and roll it out is going to be absolutely key Well, Colin, no doubt we're going to spend more time as they do start to roll that out. We'll spend more time digging into it. But I think we are just about out of time for today. Do you agree? Yeah, I certainly do. So more to come on that and more to come on Netflix for sure. Very good. Okay, great. Well, thanks, uh, Colin. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. And we'll see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.